Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. This is Solvable. I'm Ronald Young Jr. You know, religious institutions, uh, the UN estimates they own 8% of habitable land on Earth. The majority shareholder is the Catholic Church. It has 177 million acres. We need to realize the power of our portfolios. They're a proposition of what we believe in and our values. They aren't neutral, like anything. And when it comes to portfolios of land, developing it, growing food, building on it, and living on it are the most familiar uses. Molly Burhans is a member of the Catholic Church. She's also a cartographer and data scientist, and she believes that land can be used to protect the environment and create a more equitable world. I don't think anyone should have a global data set of all the world's religions, given that land and religion are like the two things that we have the most beef about in history, but also are the two critical leverage points at climate change. Through her nonprofit, Good Lands, Burhans aims to leverage the power of data to mobilize the church to use its abundance of land assets for the greater good. She's developing a database to house comprehensive maps of all modern Catholic land assets. If we all realize the potential of our property and make land work for good, biodiversity loss and climate change is a solvable problem. I am Pentecostal. I grew up a preacher's kid, and I saw something that was interesting about your story, which was that you didn't get serious about your Catholic faith until college, um, which was a lot like me, too. I was saved at nine, but I didn't really get serious about the church and make a commitment until somewhere within my mid-20s, I want to say around 24 or 25. Tell me a little bit about that experience for you. Well, before that, I'm interested, you, like, how did you end up coming back 
you know, it, it's it's actually a journey that got, that I'm kind of still on. Mm-hmm. So growing up in church the whole time, viewing the faith, listening to all the tenets, listening to everybody, everything that everyone says, being in a, in a, a faith or faith practice that's a little more conservative than most. If you are a child or a young adult or a person that's questioning those, those types of conservative practices, you have no one else to interface with or to talk to that may think the same way that you do. And I knew that if I left, then all of the people who were like me at night and younger as kids would not have a me to talk to there. And so that's why I, uh, that's why I stay. And that's kind of what continues me renewing my faith every day. Uh, So Molly, tell us a little bit about your path with Catholicism and how it ties into what you do. My dad was a molecular oncologist. My mom's a computer scientist. And I had been like really deep into kind of questions about Finding God in all things. So like mm-hmm. naked mole rats are very interesting creatures. <laughs> I don't want to call any of God's creation ugly, but they are like really, really funky little guys that live under the ground. And they have, they live really long. And, you know, I kind of like had this moment and doing some mathematical modeling, it hit me like, gosh, why would anyone want to live forever? It sounded like Oof. terrifying yeah. to me in a sense. And then, you know, that led to the really deep question of why would anyone want to live today? What's the meaning of life? Wow. You know, and, and it kind of made me realize faith and science are like, um, there's a quote that are like my thumb and my fourth finger and through my grasp all things, you know, God is love and he's logical. It's not fear. It's love. We want to be here with those we love and celebrate. Why would you want to live forever? It'd be hell if it was anything else but love. That's the only reason. And so meaning of life is love. That's, and, and then I, you know, had to, after that was the long journey of like, how do we do this? And I'm still on that one. (laughs) So tell listeners about what it is that you do. Okay. I run a social enterprise that I founded in 2015 and the social enterprise helps the Catholic church, but it serves everyone. It can serve anyone with large portfolio, understand what they own, generally at least 30 properties or more, and um, implement environmental programs using an understanding of the environment. I In the church, so often one of the criticisms you hear of Catholicism is, um, you know, they're, they're the richest, richest thieves, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's not liquid. I think a lot of people, especially the Catholics, like I know who are just like working for a diocese, doing the books, like doing ministry, um, who are like making minimum wage, you know, like the issue is really a management one financially. Mm -hmm. Our property portfolios, any investment portfolio, but a property portfolio right now is shaping the land around it and it has potential and it will build the landscapes of our future. And we need to realize the power of our portfolios. They're a proposition of what we believe in and our values. They aren't neutral like anything. And embodying our faith and our mission to care for the poor and the earth and um, reflect that love and also be responsible financial stewards. You have to use data to to do it. And we now have the tools to do that. Mm. So essentially we digitize records. People can know what they have and where it is to understand the impact of that property right now and how it can shape the landscapes of our future. What's your ultimate intent with the work that you do? Like if you could boil it down, what does that look like? The big goal to make the largest global network of ecosystems restoration. 
you know, making land work for good. When you say what, uh, just give me a a cursory explanation of what you mean when you say make the land work for good. You want to shelter the homeless? You got to have a shelter. That's land use. You want to feed the poor? You have to grow that food somewhere. You know, care for the sick? Mm. Oh gosh, we know how much like design and outdoors and ventilation matters now with like COVID. Uh, You want to prevent the next pandemic? Mm -hmm. We have to stop destroying habitats. You cannot separate any of our missions from the environment. Everything goes back to the land. So you're telling me what you do is you work with the Catholic Church to get a survey of all that land and you recommend better ways for them to use it? Yes. Do you have a successful example of repurposing the land for good and what that looks like? So I have a master's in ecological design and I studied under landscape architects. So I my first uh, project, which is being built in Springfield, showed me that making land work for good is so encompassing when you do it. It's a food forest and an urban farm for at-risk youth in Springfield, Massachusetts. And you design with the people. The people are the designers. We see community being built, health being built, skills being built, futures being built. It's good because it's so horizontal in its impact when we use our properties well. Hello, hello. This is Malcolm Gladwell. From revisionist history. Let me tell you an unconventional story about a healthcare group that wanted to improve their efficiency. Boston Children's Hospital. They were already a leading pediatric facility. Their patient outcomes, workflows, and delivery of care were already great. But they wondered, how can we make it better? So the hospital got to work. Their idea was to build what they called clinical mobility meaning a system which would allow their staff to access information and interact with patients on mobile devices anywhere in the hospital. And what made that possible? 5G. The hospital rebuilt their entire system with 5G technology at its core. That infrastructure now supports thousands of phones and tablets so practitioners can communicate with patients on a whole new level. Boston Children's also made sure the system could flex and scale to handle medical advancements like robotic surgery and virtual reality for training and research. This was worlds away from how they had previously operated. This innovative work hasn't gone unnoticed, first by patients, but also by their peers. Boston Children's was a first place winner in the industry category at last year's unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business an event that celebrates customers who've dared to innovate for the sake of innovation. If the Boston Children's story rings a bell with you, if your team has asked the same questions about building a better business solution, I encourage you to enter this year's awards. It's a great way to be recognized for smart, disruptive thinking in front of some of your industry's most influential leaders. You can enter at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards that's tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. I'll save you a seat. As listeners to this show, you probably consider yourself pretty smart. But how smart is your wallet? When you're looking to upgrade your wallet, it's time to turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds has the financial smarts to help you find the right financial products for you. Before NerdWallet, you might have paid for vacations with whatever was in your wallet. But you could have been missing out on miles you didn't even know you were leaving on the table. Now you can get a new card with more miles and more upgrades. 
What could future you do with more travel rewards, a hotel upgrade, lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. So quick question. Molly, talk to us about why maps are important. It's, it's like it's time consuming work. So why not just jump in and start making ecologically smart choices as fast as possible, given the urgency of our climate challenges right now? Yeah. Okay. Because everybody needs a map. Because a map is a blueprint, pretty much. Like, if you're doing environmental programs without a map, how I view it is, it's kind of like you're building a building without uh, any blueprints. You're just kind of throwing stones. If that makes sense. Like, I think... um, Mm -hmm. It's it's really problematic, actually. I'm, you know, for us, all the projects we did, they weren't just digitizing, but they they started to progress to like, okay, now we're going to look at the portfolio financially. Okay, now we're going to look at schools. So why you need a map is if you tried to, even me, look, I'm rambling right now without a map. I could have said everything I just said to you in like 20 seconds and we would have gotten it. Boom, boom, boom. Here's these data sets. Now we know the story, right? Yes. And now if you're working with soils and hydrology and water drainage and, you know, if you're going to implement a stormwater management strategy, you know, if you're going to implement tree planting, not only do you need to have the right species in the right place to do it with any sort of ecological integrity, but at the same time, you could have 5,000 times the impact (laughs) on this one property. And so it's really, maps are also about helping your neighbor in need, you know, uh, not just doing it in a sound way, but doing it in a more equitable way. And then what's the action item after you get the map? Yeah, so so they get like a master plan, which is really just kind of like a strategic plan for their property, but with the impact folded in, with the community input, and with the data so they can continue onwards and also to track what they're actually doing. And in terms of how what you're doing helps the environment, what has that interaction been like between you and the church? You know, it has been, it's been weird. I somehow got a meeting at 26 years old 
You know, at the Vatican, it has been very well received at this uh, hostel called the Melting Pot in Rome that's 15 euros a night. I'm mapping an entire global religious order at the time to just like get an idea of the data structure of going to these meetings in like palaces in the evening. Um, and I asked, talked to the Vatican um, about it from day one and, uh, you know, have been very mindful of security and policy. I think that is one of the the kind of greatest outcomes so far of this is that I have been a voice about land, land security mm-hmm. and data security and policy. Um, I actually also had an association of Buddhist monasteries come to me to ensure that they know how to do this with their data. I don't think anyone should have a global data set of all the world's religions, lands per se. I think that that would be... Um, too powerful and high risk, given that land and religion are like the two things that we have the most beef about in history, but also are the two critical leverage points at climate change. You know, religious institutions, uh, the UN estimates they own 8% of habitable land on earth. That is Mm -hmm. larger than India and Sudan combined. And 5% of commercial forests. If we don't succeed as faith institutions in owning our responsibility in the face of this, this crisis, the world is going down. How do you convince a faith organization of their responsibility here, though? Because when we talk about climate change, especially when you think about religion and the fact that in a lot of uh, Christian faiths, they see themselves being taken out of here when the world gets to its worst state. So how do you even get organizations to care about something like climate change when they think that they might not even be around for it? Uh, grueling, absolutely grueling um, work, to be honest. Um you know, I, I guess we've been told it wouldn't be easy, but I never expected uh, what I've faced in this. It's, um, well, first it's, it's really education. So like, you know, what I found is that people are kind of waking up more and more each year. And I think that's a collective effort of the science communicators, the activists of the faith leaders of, it's so devastating, you know, every day, but we, we keep at it. Like, all of us, you know, from different faiths and no faiths and just knowing the human family impact, the the funding is the most screwed up thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it is shocking. So like, you know, the Pope gave me approval to establish the first scientific institution there in a trial basis. The budget was not enough there. And I mean, and it's so weird. Like my salary is less than a McDonald's salary. And I hope it gets fixed for all of us. And I hope all of our faith communities learn to, to step up because the interest is there. The leadership, the, the, the bishops are, want this, you know, we have more requests than we could take and we've already done as much as we can with pulling together these teams. You know, it's, it's just, it blows my mind. Most people that work in activism and work in the work that you are in have an acute awareness that there really is no end, but let's mm-hmm. say there is an end. What does that successful journey look like for you? Well, the big end is the the Catholic conservation on the global scale, but I think um, in the next five years, you know, we have um, right now in our uh, kind of backlog, we have 17 dioceses and two major NGOs who want to work with us. I actually think it's an alliance of, of you know, dealing with the complexities of ownership and healing have to heal our communities and each other if we want to heal the land with integrity. 
What can listeners do to kind of uh, help to be engaged in your mission? Just go start Googling permaculture. Just like inspire like a holistic land design. Go find a place locally that is practicing these these land management techniques because you will see a future that you want to live in Mm -hmm. that is awesome and verdant and like abundant whatever faith you are and the connections you have encourage the the fiduciary support that is really the missing piece for for all the organizations i'm terrible at fundraising but the whole space needs help it needs money all of the faith for earth every faith for earth organization desperately was there a way for listeners to get involved directly with the actual map making and help propelling the project forward? Oh my gosh, if you got 1.3 billion Catholics collecting data on species, we'd have like the greatest global species inventory in like a month. It'd be so cool, you know? Um, I'm really hopeful, actually, about all of this. Right now, I know our partners at the St. Kateri Conservation Center have an app where you can log different species. I think there's a lot of apps out there too, like like the Audubon Society and uh, their bird day, you know, bird count. And it's it's awesome. I'm I'm hopeful about the future. You know, we're all just hacking at it and I see it happening and it's, it's coming out and it's just uh, not just Catholics, but all faiths. The people I've met in the Faith for Earth space, we're all caring about the same thing. Molly, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. <laughs> Molly Burhens is the founder and executive director of Good Lands. To learn more about her work mapping the lands of the Catholic Church and to find links to her suggestions about ways you can get involved with ecological design and mapping, check out the links in our show notes. Solvable is produced by Jocelyn Frank. Research by David Jha. Booking by Lisa Dunn. Our managing producer is Sasha Mathias, and the executive producer of Pushkin Podcasts is Mia LaBelle. I'm Ronald Young Jr. Thanks for listening. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! 
wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.